Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection between relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. Thanks for joining us. This is episode two, Christian. It is. Here we are. Here uh, we are. The intro is out of the way. Uh, we are now approved to actually have a podcast. Thanks, Apple and Spotify and Google and everybody else. But we are excited today as we continue just to bring some of our friends in uh, that are in the city, around the area, that are making a difference in our like ourselves, have been impacted by relationships in their life, um, see how their faith has formed and developed, but now in their own leadership and their style, their values. They're reflecting a lot of the things that have been poured into them. And, and that's what it's really neat because you see the cycle continue. And we want to highlight the positive. There's so many things mm-hmm. that are being highlighted that are not positive, Christian. Um, as we talked about in our intro, the, the Karens with the cause the right Karens now. The Karens with the cause. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. But we got to highlight something else. We do. It's time. So who do we have with us today? We have Reeves Wilder. What's up, guys? Oh, man. Reeves is a great guy. First of all, he loves street tacos. Love street tacos. He loves good food in general. And uh, yep. that's where we've bonded. We have bonded yeah. over some La Herradura, yeah. um, even some soccer taco. Yeah. So it, it is the closest we'll get to the Holy Land, I feel like, <laughs> here in the States. Uh, yeah, I'm embarrassed of how many times I've eaten um, those places in the last week. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But this is coffee in conversations, not tacos in conversations, which we could, we could start another podcast if we needed yeah. to. Tacos in conversations. Tell us a little bit about our sponsors today. Yes, so our sponsor today is Bryn Coffee here located in Fountain City. Today we're sipping on a nice Yogurt Chef Ethiopian. Mm. Grinded a little too coarse, but that's okay. We're still working at those kinks. It, good. it does taste good. It's Yoga a little Chef. lighter. Is that like a Russian official? Yeah. Yoga Chef. Yeah, I feel like somebody's watching me when you say yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Big brother. K- KGB. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> But yeah. But it's Ethiopian. It's Ethiopian. It has nothing to do with Russia or the USSR. No. Okay. Farther away from it than <laughs> Africa's big. Yeah, Africa's yeah. really big. But yeah, we're excited. Thanks, Bryn. Uh, we're hoping to bring out a code here in the next few weeks. That's right. So keep listening. Um, if you love coffee, you're going to love Bryn. And we're going to be dropping a code that you can use when you go to the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sells whole bean as well, which uh, fantastic roaster here. Local. That's right. Love it. Awesome. So Reeves, um, you're, you've become a personal friend of mine just over the last year uh, or so, and I've just enjoyed getting to know you, and I want other people to have that same pleasure. And so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit of background on where you grew up. Hopefully no one will judge that <clears throat> mm. uh, as we go, um, mm. but because uh, we're in Vols Holy Land. This is like big orange well, that, through you, and through. There is no doubt there is more orange in this area than I've ever seen in my entire life. I, uh, <laughs> is that a good thing? I, I don't know. I'm not really sure, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm actually from Birmingham, Alabama, you know, born and raised in, you know, um, Birmingham, right outside of Birmingham in a little place called Trustville. And I uh, love that place. It, it, you know, it was home for most of my life. I, I, uh, I also lived a little stint in Gulf Shores, Alabama, for about four years, which is still Alabama, <laughs> but LA. we we call it L.A. That's right, Lower Alabama. And uh, we lived on the coast for a little while and loved it. And, um, um, but yeah, so Birmingham is hometown. Um, you know, we moved up here 
Um, we don't know why we moved up here. No, I'm just kidding. We, we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we moved up here to plant a church. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, in Alabama, you know, I don't, I don't ever get asked if, especially from here, then am I an Auburn fan? You mm. know, um, oh my. no, yeah. here's how I get asked. They caught that tiger, by the way. They did. They did. Well, we always catch them. So, uh, <laughs> so true. Uh, so, so I always get asked. You know, uh, are you a Bama fan? Not, 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 not. Do you cheer for Alabama? But I am. I bleed crimson because you know the blood of Jesus. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> one reason you went there. Why you know I chose the the one and only Nick Saban. Um, so anyway, so moving here was, was tough. I, I knew it was from the Lord because, you know, of so much orange. Like, I can't go to my local gas station without seeing somebody in a Tennessee shirt. Um, it's a pretty orange, too. It's a really nice, attractive, <laughs> looks good on everyone. Yeah, I know, especially the workers out on to the highway. <laughs> the construction workers. <laughs> it, it, it's a very nice sunset uh, orange looking thing so are you saying correction facilities are using that color as well i'm not saying that but i it could be (laughs) okay uh, it could be where they got their inspiration but um but yeah so you know you know of course we moved here to to plant a church and um we we always loved um coming up here to gallenberg you know gallenberg's like the mecca you know it's like everybody's been to gallenberg or heard of gallenberg and so We'd always said, like, hey, if we could ever move anywhere, where would it be? And I, I, I loved East Tennessee. Um, and so, you know, we, we made the journey up here. But, you know, Birmingham's home and um, where, where I'm from. And, uh, you know, yeah. Well, tell us about some key people, key moments. Uh, you say we moved up here. So who'd you bring with you? What, who are you connected to right now? <laughs> where, where'd that all go for you? Yeah, so I am married. Um, <clears throat> I've been married now since 2007, so I can't add that real quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for all of you listening, you can add that up in your head. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I have three kids, and you know, Braden, uh, Braxton, and Lucy, nine, six, and three. And um, wow, let me tell you, um, three kids learning how to do life. It's, it's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. mm, it's. Mm-hmm. It's one so wonderful, and uh, like for real, it, it it really, it really is wonderful. Um, um, but uh, you know, a lot of lot of lot of great moments. But um, yeah, so we moved up here together. Um, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So key, you talked about key people in my life. Um, I don't know what you really mean by that, other than like you know, maybe how I was shaped, or you know, kind of the direction. You know, um, for me, you know, back in the day. You know, I always kind of grew up in church. You know, my parents always took me to church, but I, I had this whole idea of, um, uh, you know, of, of it wasn't about relationship, you know, for me. It, it was more about, you know, just kind of like do's and don'ts and kind of those things where, you know, if if I can do this, this pleases God kind of moments. And I, I had several people growing up in my whole, my, my entire life that I can look to. Um, and I say several, you know, two or three that I can look to that really have shaped m- my, my thoughts and my culture and kind of the reason why I do what I do. Um, and, you know, it, it, it really has shifted, you know, my thinking and how I parent my kids and, 
you know, how we lead a church and how I lead my life. You know, I'm, I'm huge on like self-care and, you know, just making sure, you know, you take care of yourself. You can't, can't do anything with anybody else if you can't take care of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, who are some of those people and when did they come along in your life? How were they there at a, at a, at a, maybe a crossroad or a formative season? Yeah. I mean, was it when you were young? Was it a parent? Was it a youth? Was it later in life? Yeah. So, you know, when, when I, when I was in church earlier on in life, like youth ministry, you know, there was this, there was this man, his name was Jerry Lynn. And, um, he was a pastor at our church uh, back in Birmingham. And it was a prominent church. I mean, it, it was it was a bigger church. We probably had 6,000 people there. <clears throat> and um, Jerry, uh, I always loved his story because it kind of related with um, s- some of my um, some of my friends and um, kind of even my family. J- Jerry, uh, Jerry was a homeless man at one point hmm. that now was a pastor at a prominent church with a family, with a nice home and cars and paid off things. And that always intrigued me. You know what I mean? And he always spoke life into me because um, he once was a man that had nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and now he's this man that's encouraging and um, helping people, you know, live their life out well. And I remember when I was young, man, he would always just be like, Reese, you know, he, he, he's like, when are we going to do a meet-a-thon? He, he always had these little meet-a-thons, which, which is like where we get together with a bunch of guys, right? And, and we would just cook meat. <laughs> so when I was in my teenage years, he would always, I wasn't really living for the Lord, honestly, but for some reason I was always drawn to Jerry because he was so real, you yeah. know? And even his relationship with Christ was so real. Like he just, you know, he didn't, he, he, it seemed like he never put on the mask, you know, sometimes when he was frustrated, he was frustrated, you know what I mean? And so the church that I came from, it, sometimes it seemed like, you know, like frustration was a sin, you know, like it was one of those things like, you know, you don't do that. It's like a no, no. And so Jerry for me was one of those guys that man was pivotal in my years of telling me, Hey, listen, no matter what you're walking through, you'll be okay. You know? So when things were crumbling down around me, um, because of my decisions and my own doings, Jerry, um, Pastor Jerry was one of those guys that that would really take me to another level of um, you. You will be fine, you know. And so he would he would teach me those spiritual gifts and you know those moments and even even just physical moments, teaching me how to live life and how to be a, a young man and you know. Um, so it always wasn't just spiritual; it was physical as well, you know. And so he was one of those guys that would just he would help me through life. You know, um, and and I love that. And so through through the years, you know, he was a part of everything that we did. You know, um, and we still talk to this day. And uh, and I, I I attribute my my real true salvation, you know, obviously to you know to to God, but 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 to this man, you know, because he taught me how to live life well. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, Christian, no surprise there about authenticity yeah. and a mask removed. When I'm hearing that, I'm, I'm thinking of like my relationship with someone that was super prominent when I was in high school for me was Eric. Um, and then that kind of relationship, I think of Clay, who I led, and we were dropping off a van one day and I saw him riding a bike down Broadway, turning into the original Frizo. So I like popped at you in the middle just to go talk to him. Cause, and then we just hung out for 20 minutes. I sat in my car and 
it was just really cool because I think back of like, oh, I was there when he met Jesus and when he started to pull off these like blinders that he would put up of like, I'm like, his whole thing was he, the way he saw himself was probably the way a lot of the world would think of him, but he started seeing himself the way God saw him. And he looked in a mirror one day when we were at Frontier and he was like, yeah, I, I accepted Jesus last night and this morning I woke up and, and I actually feel pretty. And I'm like, that's not a normal thing for a guy to say. He's like, yeah, 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 but, but I don't see myself as disgusting or, and then he just, the adjectives kept coming oh, yeah. and it was, and so when I hear that, I'm, I'm wondering who's someone that like, because of, his name was Jerry, right? Mm-hmm. Who's someone because of Jerry that you have been able to have a relationship similar to yours and Jerry's? So who's like under you that you've led that you continually talk to? Maybe they're not in youth ministry with you and you, or you're not in their youth group anymore or, or not, but you're like, this guy still reaches out to me to talk to me. Like I reach out to talk to Jerry. Yeah. I don't know if you had anyone like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so on the flip side, I have people in my life that that um, that have been with me that I have seen get saved. Oh, you know, for ministry for me, just a little back history here. I've been this is seventeen years in full time full time mm-hmm. ministry for me, and so I've got the privilege to see so many people come to know Jesus. And so um, there are many times, you know, in my walk, and specifically, um, there are a few. Um, one which is on staff with me right now. He moved up here from Birmingham, which is amazing. His name's Josh. Um, you know, I, I saw him receive those moments. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to raise your hand and say, you know, hey, I accept Jesus Christ, right? It's 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 another thing to actually make the steps. And that's what you were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. you, you actually got to see the blinders come off. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so big on self-care because... You know, spiritual spiritual self care is, is such a big deal, and man, when you begin to see somebody like Josh Brown see themselves as how God sees them, man, that's the difference. All day long, we can say things, but when you see the actions, mm-hmm. man, that that just it's like <laughs> I don't know, it's 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 like drinking great coffee. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's it's amazing. You know, it's amazing to watch. Um, God do that, you know, in people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that too comes from you're there because of being authentic with them oh, and absolutely. not being yeah. fake, a fake leader or, or whatnot. It's because like, had I been anything but myself with Clay, I don't think he would have like, he, he probably would have gone to Frontier, but I don't think he would have been comfortable sharing like such an intimate moment that he had um, kind of just with himself in, in his bed that night. And it was just, or I think he was out in the dark. They did like a 20 minutes under the dark and no one really shared anything but him. And it was the next morning. So it was, I don't think, had I been anything like trying to be the cool leader that was there or anything but myself, I don't, I think I would have missed out on, on something that he would have been willing to share with me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've heard me quote it so many times. I love what uh, Craig Rochelle says that, you know, people follow people who aren't always right, but who are real. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, we're looking for people that are real, and um, especially in leadership. 
someone who's willing to not only say, hey, you know, here are my highs, but here's also my lows. Oh, yeah. And here's how the Lord was faithful. And, and I got to meet Josh that you were talking about here, which is really cool as they were serving with us at Kiko. Um, Hope Valley came and served at, at one of our rap parties and got to meet him there and uh, a couple other times, I believe, as well. And it's just been neat because I, I get why Reeves moved here. And he's got a purpose, and, and maybe he's the one at the top of the one who has the call. But when you have people who are the Aaron's and the hers that are saying, no, Reeves, we're with you, and we're going to come, and we're going to give up our dream home that we built not too long ago, and we're moving our entire family as well to support the vision that we see God has given you, those Timothys that travel with you, mm. that's incredible. That's incredible. It just speaks volumes to me on what kind of person you are because someone is willing to, to sacrifice that to, to see God's plan that they see unfolding in your life. That's pretty astounding. Yeah, and I would say, um, to both of y'all's points, it's the authenticity. You know, my, my wife and I, Jen, we, we live our life out. You know, we try to be the, obviously the best that we can be in a lot of areas, you know, when it comes to parenting and just, just morals and how we handle situations. But let's be honest, we're all real. We're all, you know, we do make mistakes and, um, but we're, we're quick to repent if we've hurt somebody or, you know, and, and that, I think that adds value to people, you know, especially in a culture today where everything's canceled so fast, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you just, it doesn't matter. You're just canceled because you believe a certain way. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, you know, I always want to give the people the opportunity that I'm, <laughs> I, I need you to know that I'm not going to cancel you out because you think this way or you act this way or you be this way. You know, one of our mottos even in our church is like, you don't have to believe to belong right mm-hmm. now. That's so good. You know what I mean? Like, eventually you'll get to a place where, you know, that thought process is going to happen That's for so you. good. You know, and so wow. I think people need that in culture today. You know, when you look at the political line, if you are, you know, if you are Republican or Democrat or whatever you are, if you're one of those, <laughs> The other side is going to shun you. Sure. Period. Doesn't matter. Like we just live in that, and we we see that cancel culture just coming alive, and and even in the church, you know. And and I think people are looking for that authenticity. You don't have to believe in order to belong. As soon as he said that, I just went straight to Nicodemus, mm-hmm. and and hey, I'm coming to your house, and you're a sinner. Uh, same thing with Zacchaeus. Like all these people that he encounters that like aren't quite there yet in their belief system. But yet I'm going to enter your world and I'm going to bring you into mine in, in a real enough way that people are actually going to question as to why you are causing that person to belong. Are you mm. sure you want to choose that person? Like you do know what they believe, mm. but you don't have to believe in order to belong. Yeah. There's so many examples in the life of Jesus. And so I've heard I've heard Reeves say something, Christian, a couple of times, self-care. And I'm really curious because I know how I learned self-care. It was usually when I had maxed out in some failure or like, oh my gosh, I'm handling stress the, the wrong way. Was there someone or was there an event? Like how, how has self-care become such an emphasis in your life and ministry? Yeah, I think for me, you know, being in the ministry, you see, um, you see so many failures that you would call moral failures, you know, oh, so-and-so, you know, um, had an issue, so they're out of ministry or so-and-so. And I don't know, I just, I knew the life that I came from and I know the life that people live you know, and I know how sometimes it's easy to get involved with things that you don't need to be involved in, whether it's your mind or whether it's physical or even spiritual, you know. Um, I knew that if I didn't start taking care of this um, for my own life, then 
I would be laying down roots that would really change the outcome of my, um, the history that I'm wanting to make, the legacy that I'm wanting to leave. So if I didn't take care of Reeves, you know, if I didn't take care of a specific issue, and I'll be honest, I have a lot of them, <laughs> but I work, I work as much as I can on them. You know what I mean? On certain ones, and sometimes it's it's a um, it's a ritual for me to do things to um, kind of help in a season. So if I'm if I have a lot of anxiety and frustration in a season, then I, I know some markers that I need to hit because I've done it long enough to know. Okay. I'm not getting enough rest here. I need to. I need to lay down something right here. I need to. And then when I do that, things begin to smooth out. You know what I mean? You know. I think it's important to note in the Bible when Jesus talks about rest, or almost everywhere in the Bible, it talks about rest. He's not talking about, you know, a, a lazy type of rest. Like, hey, let's just lay around. You know, it's it's a learned it's a learned thing. Um, you know, learning how to rest is sometimes hard because when we think of rest, we think of, let me just chill out and watch, you know, TV and just lay down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just mindlessly scroll. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the endless scroll, you know. Which which actually makes me tired. (laughs) I've dropped the phone on my face many times. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty embarrassed to say that, even at my age now, which I'm only 23. But That's right. No, I'm just kidding. 39 (laughs) 39 next Sunday. But but those moments... um, for me is is um you know when i see those markers i think it's a big deal to 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 kind of take those reins and um you know start making some shifts in my own life um because i you know i i uh, you know whether it's a book that i'm reading um or whether it's somebody i'm talking to um you know and, and i'm very careful of friendships in my life i think that's a big deal so levels of friends uh, in my life, that's that's how my wife and I roll, and I know that seems I, we don't we don't we don't ever tell people like, hey, you're on this level, <laughs> but there are friends for seasons and friends for reasons and for a lifetime, and you know there's there's a lot of, we have a lot of friends, but not everybody in a season needs to know what you're walking through. Only specific people, because even though that that you know they know you the best or whatever, doesn't mean that they have the right words in that season for you. So really learning how to navigate through all of that. That's you know? really, really wise. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, I, I, you know, we just, I'm always evaluating where I'm at spiritually, physically, mentally, all the time, all the time. I'm doing it with my kids. You know, I do, my wife and I do it with each other. And so, you know, it's one of those things so that, good. you know, mm-hmm. we just, we just continue to, we will not stop on that because there's. Depression's real for people, I it think, is. and anxiety's real for people. And we live in such a world now where, again, the cancel culture's big and the news is outrageous and, you know, California's burning down and, uh, you know, we have hurricanes smashing in, we got COVID, and people are just scared and it doesn't help, Yeah, you know, when you're thinking about self-care. So, so Reeves speaking to a culture and then even in the church, it's, I wish I could say it's a, it's, it's a lot different, but it's not this call. Our culture is tired. We're weary. Mm-hmm. We are overstressed. Um, the pandemic, when it first started happening, it looked like, Oh wow. A deep breath of fresh air. People, the, the rat race and the hamster wheel maybe is slowing down, but then it was only a matter of time till it all just became virtual rat races, and oh, yeah. um, we still esteem 
working hard and these values that that have propped up the American dream to be your your the self-made person, man yeah. or woman. But that's tiring. Um, and so mm-hmm. self-care is like on the back burners. So what are you telling your team that you've been telling yourself that you're walking through with your kids and your and your spouse? What are you telling your team? What do you how are you discipling folks on you know, self-care 101. Where where does it start? How do you identify it? You and I have talked about some uh, Pete Scazzaro, if I could say it. I can't even say his last name. Scazzaro. Yeah, great stuff. So I've heard a little bit of the stuff that you're using that Pete uses um, out of New York that has really ministered to me. And I'm curious, what are some other tools, though, that you're really teaching? Yeah, so right now we're in the season. Um, and I might even share this with you. I, I can't remember how I did, but, um, you know, we're telling our team, like, exposure is a good thing. You know, like, I think what exposure does for us in seasons of being exposed, you feel like you're not in your right spot, right? And so I'm, I'm sharing with my team, like, uh, during our seat, you know, we're going through uh, planting a church right now. So, which is, we're all being stretched 100 miles wide. You know what I mean? And yeah. it feels like 100 miles deep. So we're all doing things that are new and brand, and, you know, it's taking effort and time and, you know. Um, but I, I say, you know, during exposure, you'll do one or two things. You're going to either, you're going to either recluse back into the hole and go back to where you kind of came from, right? And just said, hey, I'm more comfortable in that area. I'm just going to stay there. Or you'll realize that exposure is a place of growing. And you'll say, I know that I'm being used. It's, it's almost like that seventh hand that the Bible talks about. You know, it's like once you can do all that you can do, then allow God to do something. And that's where exposure comes in. You know, when you think about, you know, sin to light, you know, bring everything to God, bring it into the light. You know, it's exposed. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't feel well. But, 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 but once you get into that arena of exposure, like you, this is, this is a moment for you, for you to grow. And so for me, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, what are some of those tools, man? I love Peter Scazzaro, you know, the daily office. So glad you said it. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> you were doing, you were doing a, a mediocre job. <laughs> Yeah, so he has the daily office, and he has a book. You know, it's yeah. called "Emotionally Healthy Leader," and um, so good. The devotional I've done—I couldn't tell you how many times. I just love how it's formatted, and and so I, you know, when I first heard somebody talk about it, probably about four or five years ago, I was thinking, "Oh Lord, another devotional." There's only five billion of them out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I love how this one is. It's very quick, and you do it twice a day. It's called the daily office, and. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's obviously it's scripture based and it's, it's stories in the Bible and then it's, it's relatable. Um, and then um, I, I I'm a guy that reads several books, and so usually I try to uh, I have a you know a goal in mind that I want to do at the end of the year. This year's it's, it's uh, we have 25 books that we that I want to <clears> read, and so we're like right now I'm reading. I always read like I'm in two books and then I just read a book that I love to read. So my, my fun book is I'm reading Elon Musk right now about okay. Elon Musk biography. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because of the entrepreneurism and I just love the idea of him going, I mean, he's nuts now. I mean, yeah. you know, he's crazy, but he's, he's done some amazing things, you know, for a society in different areas. But, but another one is, is leading on empty, um, learning how to, um, lead out of a dead spot for you. Because I think oftentimes we overuse the word, you know, I'm burnout. You know, well, why are we burned out? You know, a lot of times that's us. And I get burnout. Burnout's real. Sure. I don't, I'm not saying it's not. But I'm just saying that I think we give a lot to the word burnout. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and we quit things that we shouldn't be quitting in that moment because your breakthrough is right around the corner and we just don't see it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, That's so good. That's like what we were talking about leading through the dip <clears throat> that some people are calling it right now because everything in our culture is in, in a significant dip, especially church culture. Um, we haven't seen everybody return yet. Not sure we're giving it, you know, what ministries are still on pause. Um, but, but you continue to lead. This yeah. isn't when you bail. This yeah. isn't when, because everybody's frustrated. Everybody's tapped out. Yeah. But, but God's still faithful. That's right. So we just keep putting one foot in front of the other and lead through the dip. Be a leader in this moment. When you dip, I dip, we dip. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly, Christian's going to throw that in the background. Yes, it's a great song, by the way. <laughs> that is so good. That's so good, Christian. Would you go with some rapid fire fun questions? That oh man, I'm a little nervous. Just get to know Reeves a little bit better for yeah, yeah, folks yeah. that are listening. So Reeves, we uh, we wanted to set up some. Ooh, I'm a little. We good? Okay. Yeah, we wanted to set up some uh, rapid. Maybe it's just my voice. I think I have some stuck in here. There we go. Well, let me cough too. <laughs> it's the beauty of this. I can when cut it. When you cough, I cough. You yeah, cough. Yeah, I, I can cut it. It's all. It's all good. It's all belongs. All right, it's good. So funny. Uh, yeah, Reeves, we wanted to set up some rapid fire questions just so we can get to know you better. I can get to know you better, and so mm. can uh, our listeners. So here we go. Shall I do this blindfolded? <laughs> I don't think it makes a difference. Yeah. The, the listeners will definitely uh, like it better. Yeah. We'll have you back in when we get video set up, and that way we can throw the blindfold, there we the go. paper bag on. All right, so favorite movie. Sketchy. The one that you can sit down at any, I like to put it, the one you can sit down, it's on at any point of time in the movie and watch it from where you're picking oh, it up. That's, oh, that's my. easy. Well, I have a lot, but I'm going to narrow it down to one because that's what you asked for, and that's going to be The Patriot. Ooh, The Patriot. Yeah, I'm such a, I'm such a war history buff. I mean, I just love that. So The Patriot is probably... Just like Mel Gibson. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's pretty wild when they split him apart. What women think? thinking. Mm. <laughs> it is pretty wild. Uh, what about you? My favorite movie? Oh, I don't. I wasn't prepared for this. Mm. Um, Frozen. Did you say that? Earlier? <laughs> Frozen. I'm pretty sure I have sat down at any moment in that movie and have watched it with what, my kids. One of the Left Behinds. We got four of them. <laughs> Definitely, not. Definitely not. One of the books I'm reading is on post trib. So yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. We're, we're mid COVID. I'll be yeah. post trib. Whatever. <laughs> all right, go with this next one. We're not going around the table. This is all Reeves. It's fine. I love talking about movies. I could do a whole podcast about movies. You probably like Die Hard. That's probably your favorite Christmas movie, isn't it? Die Hard. Me or Reeves? Is that a, is that a Christmas movie? <laughs> a lot. So I've been told. There's a there's a there's a couple that would consider it as a Christmas movie because it happens at Christmas. Well, all right. <laughs> I guess it's not his favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> I guess not. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> we just lost a couple of Cut that. listeners. Cut that out. <laughs> you just like Die Hard? It's not a Christmas. No, I like Die Hard. I just didn't realize it was a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. Reeves does it. How can he play in a church? Not that it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Dug> up Alabamans. <laughs> Anyways, oh my goodness. most influential book or person? Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, the Lord um, and the Bible. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Which they are very influential in my life. Are we ask, Are we interviewing Ryan Hartbonk? Is that because that's definitely the answer? We're gonna get. Uh, that would be the answer you'd get. No, um, a book. Um, uh, I don't know. I think for me in this past, I, let me just back it up. For five years, the most influential book in the last five years for me is probably Leading on Empty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's 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 a it's transformed my mind, and it's not just for the spiritual. It's you know, for the physical too. Anyways, yes, that's good. Uh, seasonal question: favorite fall or Christmas treat? 
Oh, gosh. Um, my wife is a pumpkin fanatic, so I'm not. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but I will roll with the pecan pie, but it has to be mm. the original pecan pie. We ain't putting chocolate in it. We're not doing <laughs> coconut. There's nothing. It's got to be a straight up for straight real pecan up. pie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Funniest, most bizarre ministry experience. Oh, boy. 17 years. I don't know how to narrow this down. Um, there has been a lot of moments. I, I do remember... Uh, I do remember doing this Christmas play. Well, let's, can we go funny on this one? Yeah, please. Yeah, um, <laughs> please. Um, I, I, we did a Christmas play one time <clears throat> at our at our church that I was a part of. We had over 300 people in this play. Okay. All right. I was in ministry school at this time. And, um, you know, you dress up. We were doing an Easter play. And so everybody's dressed up like, you know, you know, the old back in the day, you know. And so... So I had my friends standing around me. We were in a scene. There was probably about 75 people in this scene, and we were part of a crowd. And and I remember my friend standing next to me. I swear I remember him standing next to me. And so I turned around, talked to somebody, turned around, and it was my buddy. And so I just smacked him as hard as I could on the rear end <laughs> and then gave a squeeze at the end. So I don't know if this is perfect for the podcast. Great. But she turned around. <laughs> <laughs> it was not your it buddy. It was the care pastor's wife. Oh, She's probably in her, in her mid-70s. <laughs> and when I looked at her, I, I, tears came to my eyes. <laughs> because I know, one, she has a, a handprint on her rear end that is of a ministry leader <laughs> that is not her husband. And she looked at me and said, Wow, I, my, my husband has never done that before. <laughs> oh and goodness. I said to myself, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wrote a letter to her, to her husband. They laughed it off. It is still a joke to this day. But that's there's a lot of moments that's in so my life. Good. Wow. Bizarre. That- my husband's never done that. <laughs> I'm not sure what to take of that. Uh, yeah, Self-care. Yeah. Let's go back to that. Like yeah, I talked to him about that. <laughs> Jeez. What? Where'd your buddy go? Uh, I, he, I think he moved just a couple of people over. I just turned around like he started talking to somebody else. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I knew that, you know, yeah. Yeah, never mind. That's so good. That's so, so good. Funny. All right. What about a go-to comfort food? Oh, you know me, man. Tacos, dude. A go-to comfort food is tacos. Like, I can eat tacos every single day of my life. I, I almost did it last week. Every single day? <laughs> every single day. Last it week. was probably it. five times I ate yeah. tacos last week. That's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have about 500 corn tortillas in my house. Just because oh. I... And it has to be corn tortillas. Yeah. You know, I'm not... I, I can eat a flour tortilla. It's not bad. But if, if it ain't a corn... First off... If if it's not a street taco, it's not a taco. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, I like some that other people don't. Do you I, I'm like, not afraid of cachete or lingua. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to say like you know yeah. like avocado egg or something. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't had that. Is that first watch street tacos? <laughs> That's what know. it would be. That's, what That's exactly like. what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I once saw someone eating in South or in Savannah uh, a pancake with fried chicken, and it was folded mm. like a taco and it was called a taco and I'm like that's chicken and waffles right there yeah it's like yeah I just put up. it down on the plate and cut them up and eat them together yeah. you know what I mean yeah. don't fold it up you can't do that with a taco no yeah yeah. that's, no. that's such a tarnishing of the name yeah the place mm. was called Trailer Park <laughs> was it, it wasn't Alabama you were in oh Georgia? yeah they okay. may have a second location they might uh, maybe uh, Birmingham the original, or... the original. <laughs> trust me you're killing me <laughs> <laughs> oh we just lost all our Alabama listeners uh, 
Well, hey, we've got, as we're headed, headed down the downhill slope here of our time with Reeves, um, just a couple more things I'd love to hear from your heart. You know, right now you're planning a church during a pandemic. That wasn't the plans. Instead of launching in person, you have chosen to go online. What's that looking like right now? Yeah, wild. I'll be honest with you. You Reeves know, wild. <laughs> wild. It's wild and crazy. Um, yeah, so we moved here, you know, um, um, a little over a year ago with, with, with the idea of planting, you know, in person. And so when pandemic hit, we were all like, oh, my goodness, what's next? We push it back. Lord, what do we do? We fasted. We prayed, you know, you know what's our next step? And um, we decided, you know, um, that we were going to launch no matter what. And so, you know, we were supposed to be in a school. And uh, the hard things about schools right now is just, you know, if, if COVID decided to make a, its appearance again back in schools, we would just become an asset at that point. So building a congregation into a school and then having to leave just wasn't, we just didn't want to do that. And so our idea was like, hey, let's just plant online, not just plant, but let's plant online. And then we'll do an in-person launch in January. So that's kind of our, that's kind of our, um, kind of our model right now, you know, with, with looking at outreach is one of our biggest um, pushes in small groups, you know, um, and of course kids ministry and Sunday service, but um, it, yeah, it looks, it looks a whole lot different because, you know, yeah. where typically the, the, um, the majority of your people are going to be, you know, greeters, kids ministry workers, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, altar workers, what, whatever, whatever you have. You know, the tech area is usually limited to five to ten people, even in a, in a mid-sized church. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. like, so now just teaching people the heart behind what we do through how we do it, you know, which is online. And, and it looks a lot different for us. You know, our Sunday service is a lot different, you mm-hmm. know, for our team and our congregation that we're building right now, you know. How can people go and find out more about you and the church yeah, so um, hope, you can go to our website, hopevalleychurch.com. Um, you know, you can find us on Instagram or um, Facebook at Hope Valley People. Um, yeah, and you can see our story, our launch, what we're doing, how we're doing it. Because um, you launched yesterday. We launched yesterday, so September fresh. 13th. Yeah, it's so fresh. And um, so you can go to YouTube and check us out. You know, That's our great. first sermon is, is online already. And um yeah, yeah, that's how you can that's how you can find us. We'll link that in the description for you. Yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. So tell us, um, you know, what's one thing if you could accomplish or change? You know, money is no object here. Uh, even all personal changes, if it's internal rather than external, that you would want to see or occur most. Like, what is one thing you want to do? You're like, oh, if we just had this, we would. This is what would happen. Isn't this where I insert world peace somewhere? <laughs> it is, and we'll give you a sash, and you can wear. You it can thank the academy. <laughs> strut down the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, that's right. My mom and dad for. I think for me, um, and this might even sound cliche, but but it is where I am right now. Um, I think family for us is such a big deal. So I would, I, I would do more with the assets that I have. I really would. Um, and so, for instance, what I'm talking about is like my wife works right now. She hasn't worked in eight years. She is she is um, she is a stay at home mom. Loves that. That's her element. And because we're planting this church, you know, I'm full time with the church, and she she needs to work right now, um, <clears throat> and so she works and does an incredible job at it. I bring her home, and we would just we would have more elements in our family, things that we're doing, creating, 
not just more stuff to do, but um, leading a lot better in that arena, honestly. And so, you know, because we're so busy, we have, it's more effort out of me and her to take time with the family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know that yeah. sounds crazy. I mean, you probably understand that. You yeah. know, you just, you're so busy, 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 busy. I don't want my kids or my wife to ever become um, just an asset or a, a chore. I need, to, I need to throw football with my son because that's what he wants to do. Let me schedule that in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and I know there are times <clears throat> when you have to do that. But, um, but yeah, so, so that's what I would do. That's so good. Yeah. So, what, so what's next? You're planting. You launched yesterday. Um, you know, Christian had a gender reveal, and then you said, it's a church. You know, you planted a church. <laughs> and so um, it's, it's an exciting time. But where do you th- see things headed over the next five years? Um, where for yourself individually, for your team that you're developing, for hopefully a church that's going to be thriving? Yeah, so on that front, you know, as far as Hope Valley Church goes, um, and for me personal, you know, we— you know, we want to build a congregation. You know, one of the things that you, if you go to our website and check it out, you'll see that, you know, one of our blurbs that I wrote, like, I don't, I don't want to just, I want to, I don't want a church that people just kind of wander into. Mm-hmm. I want to be a church that's, um, that's boots on the ground. And, and I mean the same thing for our family too. And so like, you know, uh, you know, obviously we want to see a church that's built on the foundation of who Jesus is, you know, and his teachings and his words and, even the work side of it, like I think it's very important to partner with um, with people in our in our city and and do things and grow. So I, you know I see that for our church. You know, for me, you know it's it's one of those things where, you know, I I I, uh, I travel and communicate too as well. Uh, you know, I see myself doing that more as well um, on the forefront, and then also getting more involved here personally. Um, in Knoxville. Yeah, in, in Knoxville. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are there key things that you, when you're communicating, that people have you come in? Like, is it uh, men's retreats? Is it congregational setting? Do you have like a, a lane, a passion? That- yeah, so uh, leadership is, is really a huge lane for me. Uh, I, I would like to see that um, even kind of, you know, grow even more. You know, I do men's retreats. Um, I do leadership sessions. I, I talk to, you know, like, you know, church, churches that are struggling in the area of kind of finding their focus and bringing that to a point. Like I, that's, that is one of my lanes. I, I really enjoy that. I, I'd love to get, um, you know, even further off into that. That's yeah. awesome. That's so exciting. We'll be able to share more. People can connect. Um, if you, if you want to go ahead, Christian, our final question. Yeah. Uh, so I came up with this question because that's why you're asking it. That's why I'm asking it. Oh boy. Cause he's 22. Pretty much. I'm feeling, I'm feeling 22, Taylor Swift. What's one thing you wish you could go back and tell your 22-year-old self? Yeah, um, a lot. <laughs> um, but for me, I think it would be to, um, you know, slow down and take it all in. Hmm. When I was 22 years old, I was very fast-paced. I was just getting into ministry. It, literally, I think 22 was my first year in a ministry. I'm 39 now. Um, but I remembered living such a fast paced life. I missed a lot of things emotionally and, um, physically and spiritually that if I would have just slowed down, um, I could have gained a little more in that season. I did a lot of things, so I I don't regret how I, how I lived it out. Like, you know, I traveled a lot in ministry. You know, of course I wasn't married then. Um, 
but but I traveled the United States. I, I did ministry that way. I, I got to see different countries, and mm-hmm. so I loved all that. Yeah. But I was such fast-paced in my mind that I did slow down to take care of who I was, and that's why now I'm such a it's such a big deal for me for self-care because I didn't do it then. I didn't self-care well then, and mm-hmm. so like I just I I just thought, man, I got so much energy. You know, I get up, go, 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 and then. It really caught up to me mm-hmm. after a while, um, so I would say, yeah, I, I would say slow down, enjoy the process. Yeah, you know, there's peace in the process. You know, the hard times, there's peace. Is you're coming through it. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. I read a quote last week from Nathan Foster, Richard Foster's son. Uh, which, if you've read any of the books about spiritual disciplines, that's one of the gurus. Um, Celebration of discipline, just oh, yeah. incredible. Nathan says this, he says, what our world needs now more isn't busier, more efficient people, but they need people that are present. Mm. And, and that just struck me as, as uh, my old spiritual formations professor sent that out to us. Mm. Um, it's been, you know, decades plus since I was in that classroom with him. But but the, the, the idea of that hasn't changed at all, especially in 2020, even mid-COVID, post-COVID, whatever we are when we thought rest was entering back into our picture and our framework, no, we've, we've gone back to what was normal and, and some of that normal actually wasn't healthy. Yeah. And the Lord was trying to change some things if we would allow him to. And, and I think a, a lot of that is being present. And I hear that uh, from what you're saying, Reeves, with, with even what he asked for. Like, if, hey, if you could have one thing, if you could do one thing right now, what would it be? It would, it would be making my home healthier by yeah. being more present. It would have my wife at home as well because she's the nurture. She That's her heart, her passion. She's a caretaker. and So I just hear a lot of that in this whole conversation. It's important, I think. Yeah. It's incredibly important. That's amazing. You know, a lot of times I think sometimes we just kind of put that off to the side because it's us. We can take care of ourselves well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, until five years down the road and you're like, man, should have done that two years ago. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, we just want to thank all our listeners for joining us today for this uh, podcast episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at how relationships, faith, and leadership have intersected in our lives. And it's been great having Reeves Wilder here. Yeah. We definitely want you guys to check out the, the links in the description. Go find out more about Reeves, about Hope Valley Church, about launching and planning a church during a pandemic. Who does that? A few people are, and Reeves is one of them right here in Knoxville doing that. And so we're excited to just have a relationship with him and uh, hope that you've gotten to know him better. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Go check out Bring Coffee as well. Great coffee sponsor Shout here. Out to them. Cool.